Elevate your life with this episode of Lifestyle and Success with Dr. S. You are listening to Lifestyle and Success with Dr. S, a talk show to help you rise in business success while designing a life that you don't need a vacation from. To subscribe to the show and never miss a beat, head to Lifestyle and Success with DRS.com. Today's episode is coming up next. So today I'm so stoked to have Kara Golden joining us. She is the founder of Hint, which hit over a quarter of billion dollars in sales. I mean, this company is huge. It's known for its award-winning Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water in the country. And so Kara has received numerous accolades. She's been named EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2017 Northern California. She's one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. She's been named by Fast Company. She is really a disruptor in business, and she's often been named alongside of Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. And so I'm really happy to have her coming on this show to talk to us about how to get a billion-dollar valuation for your business idea. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and for the nice intro. Oh, it is all true, sister. I mean, you have done so much. So tell us, I mean, how did you get started? I know you founded Hint Inc. and then it's known for Hint Water. But like, was this your first entrepreneurial venture? How'd you get started as an entrepreneur? Well, it's interesting. It was the first company that I started, but I had actually worked not in this industry in, in beverages, but had worked in tech and also in media for some entrepreneurs. So I, I started out my career actually in publishing at Time Magazine, uh, and that sort of led me to a late stage startup called CNN. And at CNN, uh, Ted Turner was still running around the office with putting stake in the ground around everybody in this Southern accent, everybody needs news around the world. That's the way it's gonna be. And you know, there were some days that we believed them, and there were other days that we thought, I don't know if this is all going to work. It seems like everybody is still really watching six o'clock and 10 o'clock news, but we'll see what happens. And everybody knows the story of CNN today. I mean, when it Mm. back then it was 40% of households, but because he put stakes in the ground and really believed in his vision and, you know, it became a global media house. And I was there for a few years and then moved out to the Bay Area. I live where I live now, just outside of San Francisco. And I went to work for a little startup that was actually a Steve Jobs idea inside of Apple that Apple didn't want to continue with. And so five guys that worked at Apple for Steve actually left and started this company called Two Market. And Two Market was really focused on on shopping. So the the idea was take a bunch of catalogs like J. Crew and some retailers like The Gap and put them on a disc because the speed of the internet If you think there's slow service today anywhere, I mean, it was nothing versus what it was in the 90s with dial-up services and disconnections and everything. And so anyway, I I ended up reaching out to this uh, CD-ROM shopping company, got a uh, informational interview, which turned into a job, and um, I ran 
the business development for building out that product with all these retailers, getting them on this disc. One of our investors, America Online, ended up acquiring us. And so then I was working for another later stage startup called America Online, which of course Steve Case was running and he's an incredible entrepreneur. So I was there for seven years running the uh, shopping and e-commerce partnerships. And it was a billion dollars in revenue to AOL uh, when I left. And at that point, I thought, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time to be a mom, try and really have it all. And definitely, you know, I want to do something that I love. I, I wanted to do something that I hadn't done. I, I think it's the funniest thing. I'm sure you've had this as well, where, you know, when you're successful at something, then people reach out to you when you decide that you're leaving and they want you to do exactly what you did plus, right? And <laughs> for me, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. I mean, I, I it was fine, but maybe I could do something else just to make life a little more interesting. I didn't know what that was, but that was sort of the beginning of me saying, what am I really passionate about? What am I really interested in? And, you know, a few years later, I didn't know I was still changing diapers. I had three kids at that point under the age of four. So I was living in my own little mom world. But suddenly one day I, I really realized what I was really, I don't know if I called it a passion at that point or if something I was really interested in was what I was putting into my kids' bodies. And I was very focused on ingredients. And that's when one day I looked down at my diet soda and I saw the ingredients in my diet soda and I thought, if I was making a decision on whether or not to give it to my kids, I would not give it to my kids based on what I was reading. So why was I okay with putting it in my own body? Mm. And, and that's when I, I thought, well, you know, the reason is because it's called diet. And I thought diet was just fine, right? I had been tricked into believing that this product was good for me. And, and so I did a little test. I gave it up. And for two and a half weeks, I just started drinking water and I saw lots of changes in my own health, in my own life that I never imagined was being stopped by diet soda. I had gained a bunch of weight over the course of pregnancies. I developed some acne on my face that I assumed was something that I was putting on my skin, not inside my body. When I gave it up for two and a half weeks, the Diet Coke, that's when I lost 24 pounds. Wow. My skin cleared up and I just felt better. And mm. I thought, this is crazy. Like, why Why don't more people talk about this? I mean, it's truly nuts. And so that was really kind of the beginning of Hint. And uh, the, the one problem I saw that I still had was that I did not like the taste of plain water. I, I would have been drinking plain water a long time ago if I liked the taste of it. So I had to figure out how to get it tasting better. And I didn't want to go back to these diet sweeteners, certainly didn't want to move into uh, getting addicted to sugar. And what I decided instead is, let me just slice up fruit and throw it in the water and see if that will satisfy me. But I really saw this huge change, not only in my taste buds, just by doing that, I didn't need it sweetened. But I also thought at this point, if I can actually develop a product that's going to help a lot of people understand what these diet sweeteners are doing to them, then 
that'd be awesome. Like I would feel really good about that. Mm. And that was how Hint started. Wow. I can't wait to dig deeper into that story because you said some things that so many women can relate to. I know as you were talking about the water, I was like, yes, that's me too. I totally like cannot drink unflavored water and I don't want to get addicted to sugar. And so you have such an incredible company that I want to dig deeper into. But before we go there, you know, when you talked about that first role heading into CNN, I'm wondering, you know, were you prepared for those positions that you were getting into before you launched this company, what did you think you were going to be doing when you grew up? Absolutely not. I mean, I have a saying that my dad actually used to say this to me when I was scared about something. And typically it had something to do with sports. I would think about very nervous, very anxious before I was a gymnast, before any of my meets. And I ran a lot too and did track and field. And I would be very, very anxious before any type of meet. And my dad would say, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I thought, you know, that's true. I mean, how bad could it really be? So what you lose? Who cares? And and I've thought that way about jobs, too. I mean, so what you take a job and it's not going to work out, then you go find something else. But if you are interested in something and curious about something and you think that you can contribute in some way, then why don't you go for it? And I think like it, it's amazing to me that more people don't have that mindset. But I think that so often it, it I think it really starts young, right? This this ability to kind of think about, you know, what is the worst that can happen and continuing to say that to yourself, you'll find that you actually will go do a lot of things that maybe you don't think you can do, you're nervous to do. I, because unless you go try most of the time, I mean, nothing's going to happen, mm. right? And you've got to go out there and take that risk and go and try. Mm -hmm. And did you ever imagine that that yes, when you said that yes, so that thing that you were not prepared for would lead to where you are today, the founder of a billion dollar company? I mean, no. And in fact, back in, you know, when I started Hint, when I decided, okay, I'm going to do, I'm doing this Hint in my, in my kitchen. And if I could get it into stores, that would be really awesome. I mean, Whole Foods had just started in the Bay Area. And when I walked into my first Whole Foods store, I thought, wow, this is such a pretty store, right? I want to <laughs> eat everything in it. Yes. And uh, it was so eye opening to me. And I thought this is exactly the kind of store that would have a product like Hint. And I remember thinking it would just be cool to be able to get a, a bottle on the shelf. I mean, I, I didn't even think about starting a company or being an entrepreneur. In fact, I think that those terms, like when people say, I think I'm going to go start my own company or I think I'm going to be an entrepreneur. There's some scariness even to me to this day, using that language, you mm -hmm. know, instead, what I thought about is, I think I'm going to try and get a bottle on the shelf or maybe multiple bottles on the shelf, right? I'm going to try and figure out how do I actually launch a product into a market? I didn't think about, I'm going to launch it across the US and figure out like lots of stuff because the because it ends up if you think too much about the end, sometimes you never start, right? You mm -hmm. get, you freak yourself out 
And, you know, that was really, that was really me. And it wasn't until I probably got the product on the shelf and found out I was actually in the hospital um, having my fourth son uh, the afternoon after I got our first bottles on the shelf. I was having a planned C-section and uh, share the story in the book and people kind of chuckle um, over it. And, you know, I remember getting a call in the hospital the next day from the guy at Whole Foods. And he said, hey, listen, those 10 cases that you dropped off, they're gone. And instead of actually thinking, okay, great, they sold. I said, who took them? I didn't, mm. I couldn't believe that somebody <laughs> bought them. You stole my boxes. <laughs> my goal was to get the product on the shelf. Mm. My goal wasn't to actually get it on the, pro- I mean, of course I wanted to sell the product, but mm. again, I hadn't gotten that far. I was busy. I was, you know, getting ready to have a baby, right? It was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was crazy. And so it was at that point when I thought, oh gosh, I've got to check out of the hospital. I've got to get going here. This is exciting. I, I didn't anticipate this. This is going to be amazing. And yeah, so I, I mean, that is, the, that is the story of, of, yeah. of, of Hint. And, and, but again, I think so many people don't go and do things because of this fear of, of failing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what if you, I, I talk to entrepreneurs over the years who say to me, yeah, but it's so scary to think like, what if the product doesn't sell something that you put all of your effort and money into creating this product and then it never sells. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but like, don't get that far, mm-hmm. right? Get, get as far as how can I create something that is that I believe is going to not just sell, but actually help people in some way, right? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is a tool for, for consumers to be able to be better in some way. In our case, drink water, or, you know, we've heard from consumers say control diabetes or help with going through chemotherapy when they're going through cancer. All of those like type of things I was hearing from our consumers, this product was helping them with. I didn't even think about how it would help when I was initially setting up the company and thinking about doing it. But again, if you get too far, you're not going to do it. I'm sure in your own experience of starting your company, the same thing, right? You just Mm kind of just every day you just look at, okay, I got to make progress. I got to keep going. There's a million things you could be doing. There's a million reasons why it's going to fail or something does fail. And then you got to figure out how do I make something else work in order to make up for that? I mean, that's the story of, of an entrepreneur. And I think it's, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Yeah. Kara, what would you say your superpower is? Because, you know, to have hit this level of success and to be so humble, you know, as you as you are rising, um, there are some crumbs that kind of show, though, that you have this tenacity to be able to kind of just go for it, like like similar to the advice that you're giving other entrepreneurs. So what are some of the superpowers that you've always held that you think have really helped you get to this place today? Well, I think curiosity is definitely, it's up there with being one of the number one things that I think not only I like to think about things constantly and and try and figure out exactly, you know, how to move things forward in some way, but you mentioned tenacity for sure. You know, I think for me, I, I really have an appreciation too for life and feeling like, you've only got a set amount of time. We don't even know what the time is. Mm. And you've got to go out and do great things. Mm. And I think that 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 is 
I don't know if you label that as one word necessarily, but it's something that it's it's a belief system that I really think is kind of my North Star um, mm. that you've got to really want to do things that are again, bettering the world in in some way. And I think that so many people, I get frustrated, honestly, when I hear that people are just doing a job because they're making money, right? You can make money in lots of different ways. But if you actually just tap into your curious side, your creative side, everyone's got it there, things that you wish were there, that you think about, you dream about, like, why not go try and create those things? Because I think everyone's got it in them. They just don't know exactly how to get their mind to allow them to move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think alongside of that, it it'll it may be helpful to share some of the hurdles that you've experienced when you were building to really make this tangible for folks. I know that there are listeners who are like, I could never do what Kara Golden did. I couldn't even dream of it. But sometimes when people hear some of those initial stumbling blocks, it makes it a little bit more realistic. And so could you help us kind of see how you've gotten to where you are? are based off of where you started, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, I think working for entrepreneurs again, being able to realize that these people are not gods, right? They're people with ideas that are, they're dreamers, they're visionaries, whatever you want to call them. But some days they seem a little crazy. Some days they, some days they have massive failures. They just have to close the book for the day and think, why did that happen? But they figure out how to move things forward. And so that was definitely helpful to me once I actually came up with an idea, because frankly, that's the first thing you have to do. If you're if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to come up with an idea. But I think beyond that, it was it was not just getting the product on the shelf. Once we got it on the shelf, it was figuring out all of the things in the the spokes in the wheel, right? So it was, we got it on the shelf and Whole Foods, they seem quite nice. If we wanted to expand into other stores, we had to figure out how do we get on the shelf of those stores? We, I, I encountered probably two months into getting it on the shelf. I figured out after trying to get a meeting and get our product on the shelf at Safeway that there are these things called planograms. Again, I had never worked in beverages or food, or I had worked in bits and bytes and tech and media. So I, I wasn't used to working with a physical product. And I quickly was figuring out that you have to physical products, you have to load them up at, in that case, in, during that time in my Grand Cherokee, but you, there's trucking, there's shipping, there's lots of logistical issues that you have to figure out along the way. So I was seeing that on a very small scale, but then also seeing that these planograms that were out there were basically drawn up by the stores, oftentimes with a brand attached to it, like a category captain, they call it. And the brand typically, like in the beverage industry, it's usually Coke or Pepsi. So Coke or Pepsi will figure out in an aisle at, say, Safeway, Mm -hmm. exactly who will be on the shelf at Safeway. So they work with the buyer at Safeway 
to figure it out. But in general, they'll own, if it's Pepsi, for example, they'll own like 70% of the shelf in inside or 70% of the decisions. They pay millions of dollars. And so why is that important? Because they keep out brands, young brands that are sort of the antithesis of what they do, mm. which is, which is, you know, what Hint is. And basically, they also draw up what categories will be represented in in an aisle inside of a grocery store. So I came up with this idea. There was no competition. Nobody else was doing unsweetened flavored water in a still format. And so when I went into Safeway, this is what a lot of entrepreneurs think about actually when they develop a product, maybe you're like, I can't tell anybody my what my product is because no one is doing it. I have to keep it top secret, right? <laughs> and it ends up that when you're the only one doing it and you're up against a planogram, they don't want to put you in because they don't even know if the market is big enough, right? You haven't, you're, you're a brand new idea, but the category isn't big. And so they would say to me, nah, we'll pass until next year. They look at products like usually once or twice a year and that's it. And so that's like for me too, just understanding the way that that worked. I mean, I remember that was a bad day when that happened, but pretty quickly I, I realized that I couldn't do anything about it. The only thing I could do was to find those customers that understood what I was doing. I, I guess I could have set up shell company that was like a competitor, um, but I really, you know, believed instead that focusing on the consumer and getting the consumer to understand that I was out here, that maybe they would start to go into Safeway and ask for my product and then I could get in there. So that's that's really what we did and, and focused on getting into events like, you know, 10K runs and I, everybody needs water. So that was really what we did. All of our sampling efforts, everything, you know, all of our marketing in the early days in particular was really getting into events and letting people sample it. And we said, hey, by the way, will you do me a favor? Will you go into Whole Foods and ask for this flavor or lots of mm -hmm. other stores out there and that we wanted to get into? And, and that's really how we drove the ability to get on the shelf in other markets. But again, mm -hmm. a whole new system that I never realized was even out there. On the flip side of it, I, I was, while I was annoyed many days with what I was learning, I was also intrigued, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. I'm going to ask a really simple question. How do you even contact the buyers at these stores that you want to get into? Well, that's a really good question. So <laughs> I, I mean, the, the main buyer for Whole Foods, they're based out of Austin, Texas. And Again, I had no idea. I just thought, okay, I go into Whole Foods in San Francisco and I ask the guy stocking the shelves and it ends up, I don't know if they still have this program because now Whole Foods is owned by Amazon, yeah. but they used to have a program that was for local brands. And so they would try and save like 10% of their shelf space in every category for local brands. And so that's how we were able to get into San Francisco. But it's interesting, once you get in or once you would get into like a like a Whole Foods in, in their regional buy, if you were doing really well, Denver would have access to your information, Denver Whole Foods. And so then they would be like, hey, will you come to Denver? Now, imagine this. I have four kids under the age of six and we're getting those phone calls from the Denver Whole Foods, the Texas mm. Whole Foods. And suddenly I'm like, part of me is like, 
jackpot, right? Like we, everybody wants it. The other part is I've got to figure out the logistics of Mm. producing the product, also trucking the product. And then on top of everything, Whole Foods came back to us and they said, oh, by the way, we just sort of allowed you to launch because we liked your product and we like you and blah, blah, blah. But you need a longer shelf life. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm busy. I'm working on trucking and trying to get all these regions, whatever. And they're like, you need to be at least a six month shelf life. And I was at, and so that was when I hit this point in hint and, and uh, I had recruited my husband who was a intellectual property attorney. He wasn't a, an ops guy. He's, he's now very much an ops guy, but I said, (laughs) okay, here are the problems that I'm dealing with right now. And I was, you know, super stressed out. And he said, let me help you. He was in between roles. He had been at a company called Netscape and uh, they were actually acquired by America Online and Time Warner. So all our former companies sort of rolled up into one. And, you know, the two of us were really, we were just trying to figure this stuff out. And again, there was definitely something that we were curious about and we were interested in, but we also, I can't say that it was always like we thought we were going to make it, right? There were times, especially when they really, they were like, look, we're going to kick you out of Whole Foods if you aren't at six months. And so we were trying to make it work. And this is one of the stories I shared in, in the book that, you know, they were I felt like they kept drawing a line in the sand a little further. We would achieve that line and then they'd say, oh, I don't know who told you six months, but you really have to have it at one year. We're like, one year? Like, I mean, imagine like you work your tail off to get it to six months, you know, and then they're telling you, no, you need it at at one year. And so this was going on. I was really like thinking, I don't know if I can do this long term or not and, and achieve these goals. I mean... Next thing I know, they're going to tell me two years, right? Like, you know, it's crazy. And it was in the middle of the night one night when, you know, we almost gave up. I was actually interviewing um, for some roles in tech and my husband went downstairs in our house and I heard him in the kitchen. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like two o'clock in the morning. And he was playing with an espresso machine. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, there has to be a way to use heat like a, pa- a pseudo pasteurization process. And he loved science. Like he was super mm. into that before. And so we started playing around with this. This is 2 a.m. I'm, I'm like, okay, when you figure it out, you let me know because <laughs> I have an interview tomorrow. And then he, I remember him coming back to bed and he was like, I think I figured it out. I think, I think it's like going to work. I got to test something tomorrow. And he did. And I mean, truly like everybody had been telling us that a preservative free product, you couldn't get a shelf life beyond six months. We have, the hint has over a two year shelf life now. So, I mean, it's definitely, I think the lesson learned there too, and something I share quite a bit is that not having the experience, not having been sort of told by people for years, like if we would have worked inside of a big soda company or in a food company, we might've taught to think a certain way. For us, we were really forced to think differently and use some different, you know, parts of our brain. But also, like we figured, what's the worst that can happen? Let's just go try this and just figure out. I think also growing up in tech to some extent to, you know, it's it's funny. And you think about this, like tech is constantly looking at 
here's a great product, but you know, there's another one coming out, right? Like, you know, like there's another Apple phone or there's a few sitting in the safe, right? That are, that are way better than the one that you just bought. You know, it's like this constant upgrade or 11, 13, you know, whatever it is. And versus like the food and drink environment, when they launch, you know, Coke, they sort of quietly upgrade it, right? Like they'll put more sugar in it or or whatever it is. And it's very rare that you actually reformulate anything, right? You might adjust mm-hmm. things like around certain things, but there's not this big hoo-ha about having a new upgrade of some sort. But when you grow up in the tech industry and then you jump into the food industry, you're like, what's wrong with upgrading? Everybody likes to do better, right? You can right. you could swap things out. You could say, oh, this is way better. That was really good, but this one is even better. And I think having that mindset in no matter what industry you do, it's fine. And I think, you know, there's reasons why you upgrade things. It doesn't necessarily mean that got a bad product today, but maybe you're waiting for technology. Maybe you're waiting for a way to get a longer shelf life, whatever that is. Yeah. When did you know, Kara, when did you know that this was something? Was it when that upgrade happened, when you were able to get the shelf life longer? Or was there another turning point that was kind of like your biggest, greatest win where you were like, this, this is going to be a thing. I made it. You know, I think there's points in probably every entrepreneur's career where they have this, this, you know, this, these spikes, right? Where it's like, we made it. It's great. You know, you get the company funded, you get on the shelf, you sell 10 cases, whatever it is. That's mixed with these dark days, right? Where something (laughs) horrible happens, where Starbucks kicks you out, right? After Mm -hmm. for no reason, right? There's like, they're, they just changed strategy. They got a new CMO who didn't want to have your product in, in there, whatever, whatever it is. And I think more than anything, there's this constant roller coaster, of that that goes on. And so I think that the most successful entrepreneurs know that, you know, you celebrate the wins and you got to remember the wins because when the, the things hit you that you didn't expect, I mean, that can really mess with you, right? You just mm-hmm. sit there and, and you think, okay, how am I going to get out of this? But instead, if you say, okay, how am I going to get out of this? And then you think, okay, I've gotten out of, you know, the bad stuff before, the bad muck, and I just have to figure out how to get out of the muck. And I think that that is, that's the key thing. But, you know, there were early on, I would say, even getting the product on the shelf at Whole Foods, getting a longer shelf life, getting into different regions of the country, launching our direct consumer business, uh, like so many points along the way where, you know, I really, really saw this opportunity that, we could, but they were also even before the winds were there, they were, it was a scary time, right? There was always this kind of shuffle between whether or not you'd actually be able to, you know, complete what you were hoping to. Mm. If you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? I think that I would say 10 years or even longer, longer ago than that. What, what do you think? Just 10, 10 years? <laughs> if you want to think- go for 20, you could go for 20. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I think that having always learning, I think, is, is something that never stops, right? You think, I think so often you think that you go to school 
maybe you go to graduate school, whatever. But then I think there's a lot of people in the world that kind of think, okay, now it's my opportunity to go show my stuff, right? And rise through the ranks in some way. And what I've realized is that the real trick is to figure out how do you keep learning? Because you can mentor people, you can manage people, you can go do great things. But I think that you have to be a little bit selfish too about yourself and always sort of have in mind that you need to be challenging yourself. Now, that can be through work. I think that that's where people get stay engaged with a job if they feel like they're still learning in some way and not maybe it's a mix of teaching and learning, but you can also do it outside. I mean, you know, you can volunteer, you can also find somebody that you're mentoring that is going to teach you something, right? That maybe they've got some skills or thoughts that you had never really thought about. So I, I would say, I don't know if it's 10 or 20 years ago, but I think constantly be thinking about the goal of life is really to continue to figure out those ways to challenge yourself and teach yourself and always be learning. Mm, so powerful. Always be learning. Kara Golden, you have a book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, that's out. I know I'm picking up my water, that's for sure. But how can our audience find and support you? Please tell us about the book. Tell us what you have going on. Where can we go to support you? Woohoo! Well, the book is called <laughs> Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, and it's the it's my journey, not only of building hints. So if you're an entrepreneur in any industry, it's going to be helpful for sure. Everything you go through as an entrepreneur, but it's also more than anything it helps people to know that you're you're not alone right everything that your podcast does as well i mean it i think that that's the key thing is that you are helping people think about that other people go through these things and they get through them and you can too so a combination of undaunted you mentioned and definitely grab a case of hint if you haven't tried it it's a great drink we also have it online and on amazon and um, i'm all over social at kara golden with and I, I also have my own podcast uh, called The Kara Golden Show, where I interview founders and entrepreneurs with incredible stories, too. So definitely, um, if you get a chance to listen to that as well, uh, that would be awesome. Kara Golden, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to have you back. Thank you. Enjoy talking about running or launching a startup, nonprofit or project that has a positive impact on the world. Join the discussion with like-minded women in our free Facebook group at She Heals the World on Facebook. Our free Facebook group, She Heals the World. See you there. Lots of love. You are listening to Lifestyle and Success with Dr. S, a talk show to help you rise in business success while designing a life that you don't need a vacation from. To subscribe to the show and never miss a beat, head to lifestyleandsuccesswithdrs.com.